When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and spring ball started. We uh, we are underway. The Buffs are done with their first of 15 practices this spring, and uh, we, we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, obviously, so I'm not allowed in to watch practice. Uh, I'm, I'm allowed in as often as you guys are, and, and that means April 9th for the scrimmage, and then again at, for the spring game on April 23rd. So I don't have really like my own insights, but what I do have is conversations with Carl Durrell and Brendan Lewis and JT Shroud. Uh, And I've gone through, I cut up a bunch of the audio from those post-practice interviews. And that's what we're going to be running through today because there was a a lot of interesting stuff in there. Um, I haven't counted this up yet. Looks like I've got about five clips from Carl, eight from JT, and 11 from Brendan. So what that, uh, 29, 24, 24 clips we got to go through. Whew. We better, uh, we better jump in. Um, before we do that, we'll talk about Jabari tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow is an off day for practice. Um, and tomorrow we'll talk about what's up with Jabari. Cause he did enter his name in the NBA draft. He can withdraw it though, still until June 1st. And, uh, Again, we'll dig into all that tomorrow. And to be honest, it isn't really news because I mean, there was basically no world where he didn't at least go to the combine and hear what the scouts have to say, those sorts of things. So uh, football-wise, like I said, first day of practice was today. I'm not I'm not actually allowed to tell you guys what time practice is because apparently like, if I say what time practice is, then people start showing up saying like, hey, we're here to see practice, but you're not allowed in. And so... I can't say when those practices are, but what I can say is that I've finally gotten to the podcast part after cutting up all this audio and organizing things. 
and it's getting kind of late. And, and so hopefully this isn't going to be too long because after this, I still have a couple of things that I need to go write and I need to like push this on Twitter and those sorts of things. Um, but it is a little bit late. I'm going to do my best. I've, I've been drinking a little bit of coffee. It's, uh, it's too late for that to be honest, but I've just committed to flipping my sleep schedule because this is the world that I live in now. I can either like get all my work done the morning after things happen or just get it done right after. And this is the world we're living in. Oh, I should say this as well. So what I can say is that practices are Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. So we'll have podcasts on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays for the next month or so until spring ball's over. I'll, I'll be recapping everything that goes down in these conversations we get to have after practice. And I mean, twice we'll get to talk about what I saw, but we're a ways away still. We're a ways away. The other thing that I should say before we jump in. So, so this was, this was like kind of at the podium sorts of interviews. So everybody's asking Carl questions. Everybody's asking Brendan questions, JT questions. There's probably like 10 or 12 reporters up there from different media outlets. You know, the TV stations show up for the first day, all that sort of stuff. Um, so in the future for, for most of these, I'll have my own interviews that I can either like play the full audio of, or, you know, cut up like this or whatever. Um, but this time we, uh, we have, we have what they had to say to the podium. And uh, like I said, cut it all up. We've got 24 clips. Let's just jump in with Carl. We'll hit Carl, then JT, then Brendan. Um, first of all, I mean, he shows up, gives an opening statement. I actually cut out some of the middle of this because you know how football coaches talk. Sometimes they ramble without really saying anything. But here's, here's basically his opening statement. It was a good first day. You know, we had some good, uh, some really good work. I felt like, uh, you know, we had... You know, we made a lot of progress over, uh, over the course of this offseason. Yeah, for the first day offensively, I thought there was some rhythm uh, with what we were doing offensively. Uh, the operation looked good. It wasn't perfect, but uh, for the first time, you know, doing it and playing against our defense, it was, it was really, really positive. And I felt defensively, uh, you know, we have some new pieces out there, and, and they're, in, uh, you know, they're doing some really, really good things. Uh, I saw real good competitive work. You know, you know, it's a chance for us to be a you know a pretty good football team. You know, by the time fall rolls around, so um, I, I like the young part of this depth. You know, a lot of young players that are getting reps out there, and, and uh, you know, particularly in the secondary, um, they are all you know functioning pretty well, look pretty good, and coverages look good. Uh, guys are in the right places. Um, I just felt like it was a it was a seamless practice where there wasn't a lot of just glaring mistakes. Uh, so a lot of progress from that standpoint. Very happy with how the the first day ended up. So I mean, maybe you can't really tell here, but Carl was really excited. Um, we we had a chance to talk with him yesterday to to kind of preview the spring, and I will say that he he seemed to be in a better mood. You know, I think that once you get out on the field and start actually getting to work, it's a lot easier to you know, be, be excited about things. Um, definitely some good stuff in there. Good to hear that the offense is running well. Again, it's a new offensive system under Mike Sanford, the new offensive coordinator. Um, and like you said, young secondary. They actually have three true freshmen on campus. So what that means is those are all kids who are supposed to show up over the summer, but 
for whatever reason, I guess they just graduate high school in three and a half years if they need to at this point. And so you have three corners who are, are factoring in to uh, what what's going on in the field right now. And because of that, I think there's a good chance that we're actually going to see some of those young guys play. Um, I was actually going to hold this clip off for later, but but let's just touch on the, the standouts from the first day um, because, I mean, that's, that's what we're all here for. That's the most exciting part. You know, on the defensive side, you know, I thought our young linebackers, you know, Owen Carey did a, a good job playing. Um, you know, Chance Main, who's a new outside linebacker for us, you know, he showed up out there. Um, Nico Reed had, you know, he played last year, but he's still a young player. He's still, you know, you know, kind of building off what he did a year ago, being around the football, making plays and disrupting uh, pass attempts. Um, I felt, you know, Naeem Rodman, who is kind of one of those unsung heroes last year, who had a really, a, even though we had a year where we didn't win a lot of games, he was one of our more consistent performers last year, you know, and he stepped up and did exactly what he was expected to do. He was making plays in the backfield too. and. You know, so I, I feel good about where some of those guys are offensively. There's a lot of young players with, you know, you know, I'll go back to, you know, B. Lou being really the leader of that. You know, he doesn't look like a rookie anymore. Um, he looks like a veteran, you know, and he's starting to perform and, 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 and actually produce like what a veteran player should look like. Um, you know, tight ends, I think Eric Olson had a ton of catches today. You know, he had, he's, and that's something that's rare because the tight end has not been a focal point in this offense in two years. He might have had like seven or eight catches today. So it's a different vibe on the offensive side where I think there's, it's a community effort about who gets the ball. Um, you know, I thought the, the backs out of the backfield caught the ball very well today. There weren't any drops. Um, you know, Ty Robinson made a huge play on a, on a deep ball today. Uh, he got a little nicked up, but he wasn't able to finish practice. But great play on the seventh. You know, it was a 40-yard play, and he reaches over two defenders and pulls it off of somebody's head. And you know, I can go on and on. But it's there's a number of really good players that that are really doing some really good things for us. You know, we had a young corner, Jason Oliver, just got here. Matter of fact, just got here in January, and he he made a few plays with, you know, coming up and enforcing tackles and you know making plays on the on the runner. So. There's, there's a lot of really good positive things that I've seen from, from a lot of players out there. So are they perfect? No, but they're, they're working hard. They're flying around. And that's something that a coach uh, always relishes to have is the effort and the attitude is, is really, really strong. A lot of young guys getting named in there. Um, Owen Carey was the first name out of his mouth. I think whoever the first one named is is definitely notable. Um, so Owen Carey, he is another one of these true freshmen who's enrolling early, one of Colorado's top recruits. He was an outside linebacker recruit, but we found out yesterday that he's actually going to be working at inside linebacker. So again, a little change up there. Curious what they have or what they see there. Um, that there was the I think Kenny Soares was his name, another one of the guys who was supposed to be among Colorado's top recruits, but he flipped his commitment right before signing day. I think actually on signing day. And, and the coaching staff, I know, was caught off guard by this. And so with, with that piece missing, adding one more really highly rated guy to that position, the inside linebacker position from the outside linebacker position, uh, that may be why that all came to be. Point is, first name out of his mouth on the first day as a true freshman, hey, it's good stuff. Chance Main was next up, uh, the edge rusher who, who transferred in. Uh, he put up crazy sack numbers, but I believe at the D2 level. Um, 
Could have played outside linebacker, could play defensive end. They have him listed as a defensive end. He has two years of eligibility left. Yeah, two. Uh, so definitely a name to watch from there. Obviously, Nico Reed uh, brought up Jason Oliver as well. One of those true freshman cornerbacks. Nico Reed was a true freshman last year, now comes back as a sophomore. Um, Niam Rodman, of course, this defensive line. Eric Olson making a bunch of catches. That's notable. We've talked on this podcast before. The tight ends are maybe the most exciting position group to watch this spring outside of the quarterbacks. Um, And that's because when you look at the roster, they have five tight ends. One of them is Brady Russell, who of course is a senior and one of the the best players on the team. But outside of him, all four of the others are freshmen. A couple of them are third-year freshmen, whatever. But somebody's going to pop in that room, and whoever pops is going to wind up, I think, getting a, a decent share of snaps this season. And I really do think that out of those other four, one of them is going to turn out to be really good. Obviously, Eric Olson was one of the highest rated recruits in his class in Colorado. Um, but in that same class, they bring in Caleb Fourier, Christian Fourier's son, who could be another one who pops. So they've got a lot of options. Eight catches, whatever Carl said for Eric Olson. Big news, I think. Big news. And of course, Ty Robinson with uh, the, the, the big play I guess the biggest play of the day it sounds like again receivers are going to be competitive and we're going to hear more about those receivers later on last piece here Brendan Lewis uh got brought up there as as one of the studs that uh that was one of the trends from what Carl had to say and I played these out of order um but it sounds like it was a really really great day for Brendan and and let's just jump in with that next from what uh, it looked like today, it was he's, he's not anything from what you saw in 2021. You know, I saw a, a completely different player. Obviously, his management skills, you know, all that experience that he, he gained over the course of the season last year has really paid off for his composure, his confidence, you know, his mannerisms, how he exudes himself in the huddle, how he breaks the huddle, how he's commanding everything in terms of the information he's, he's given out. Uh, he's a, he's definitely a much different player. So very, very pleased by that. Actually, I went to see him the first thing we were cooling down about, man, that was a fabulous practice, really was. So he's off to a great start, you know, particularly in this year of, of proven that he's really a very good player. Interesting stuff. Um, we're, we're obviously going to hear from Brendan later on. He's going to talk about why things went so well. Um, I guess now I might as well say, you know, so... Let's see, I saw Brendan on Zooms in 2020 when he was a freshman. And and seeing him in Zooms from 2020, I don't think I ever saw him in person. Um, oh, that's not true. I did see him when he was a recruit. That's what it was. So I saw him when he was a, cr- a recruit and then didn't see him again until last spring. And when I saw him last spring, I remember thinking like, huh, he seems to be in a little bit better shape. Uh, he seems to have grown up just a little bit. This year, the difference is massive. Like, he just seems to have... First of all, like his body has just like filled out a little bit. It's, it's a little more chiseled. I think maybe some of that baby fat is gone. He he just kind of looks more like an adult, which I guess when you're talking about somebody who, what, he was 19 last time I saw him. Now he's 20. Of course, that's a time in your life, especially when you're in a college football program where your body is going to develop whatever. But I, I, would, I would add to what Carl said by saying 
he also kind of like just straight up looks like like a, a better football player, somebody who's more prepared, somebody who is ready to be on the field. I think that that's notable too. Uh, there's actually one more piece on Brendan from Carl, and let's let's get that in real quick. You know, Bilu looked like he's he looks like a different player right now. And I, I love everything that he's showing right now in terms of his leadership and and you know this presence. And I think there's a lot more comfort. And both of these guys, uh, they're managing our system. They understand it very well. And um, in a lot of ways, the, the light bulb has come on for, for, for these guys and a lot of the guys that are on the team. You love to hear it. Um, let's wrap up. Last clip from Carl here. Uh, basically talking about the vibes at practice and, and, and the context being that he was kind of asked about the the differences after going through the offseason that they had where they did lose a bunch of their impact players. They came together as a team, you know, given the transition, what happened in the offseason prior to them coming back in January. I felt that this team really decided to dig in and really just invest in each other. Um, and it, it shows, you know, the progress that they made in, on practice today by, you know, just how competitive they are against each other. And they're encouraging each other as well. So, and that's on both sides of the ball. And uh, they're having fun. You know, that's the other part. They're having fun out there. You know, you see that. You don't see frustration. You don't see, you know, I'm upset with a coach or I'm upset with another teammate or anything like that. I, I just see a team that's a little more cohesive, um, that's more built like a team. All right. Um, obviously, good to hear. The, the one thing does stand out, you know, they're not upset with a coach. You could you could see why they were upset with coaches last year, um, and and we'll we'll talk more about that later on when we hear from what the quarterbacks had to say about the the new coaches and you know they they there's there's some stuff worth hearing from them and again none of it is all that surprising given the off season that happened and the fact that they you guys know the numbers from last year that offense was not good but uh, before we get into all of that I do want to talk about a couple of our friends. First of all, DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to get in on DraftKings Sportsbook. Hopefully you've got in on those Jokic odds. You know, it's he didn't like lock up the MVP tonight, but 37, no, did he get to 39? I think it was 39, 11, and 9 tonight. I'm sure there's a couple steals in there. There's a block in that, whatever. But I, the other thing, I guess, we should bring up, 15 of 19 from the field. The man is a freak. And he's now like minus 150 to win the MVP, minus 155 or something. So as long as he just doesn't screw things up, he's going to get it. And hopefully you've made some bets. If not, you can sign up with DraftKings Sportsbook right now and get an awesome offer. And that offer is this. If you bet $5 on any college basketball team to win its next game, you will get $200 in free bets. It's five $40 free bets. It's a great way to start off your DraftKings account. So definitely get in on that. And remember to use the code DNVR. Once again, that's code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook to get $5 to win $200 on any college basketball game. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, Escape Artists is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. It prioritizes quality and consistency with ratios available in 1-to-1 and high-ratio CBD 20-to-1. They have you covered. 
always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver the premium experience. Their 800-800 creams are Escape Artist's highest potency creams available. Uh, they, they penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort. Uh, they're non-greasy. They don't stain. They're fast-absorbing and take effect in 10 minutes or less. The benefits, though, they last up to two to three hours. They have different scents, rose, cedar, black pepper. Definitely get in on that, and you can do that at Colorado's premier dispensary that's light shade with 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. They offer something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top-shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. Podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. All right. Uh, now we get to talk about JT. Uh, this should be some fun stuff. Um, I was going to tell you about his recovery, but why not just let him do that? Yeah, like I said, obviously I'm not at 100% yet. Um, I'm feeling pretty good, and I think I'm pretty much on track for my rehab schedule right now. Um, you know, like Coach said, getting to do some seven-on-seven seven this spring and all the individual work and just um, getting to take reps and get some timing stuff down in this new offense that we're going through. So um, I'm feeling good, um, loving the new offense we're in, so it's been fun so far. He did add later on that uh, they he like sat down with the coaches and tra- everybody and basically everybody agreed he's not going to be doing any full contract full contact drills this spring. Going to hold off until the fall just to make sure you don't screw anything up. Again, you tear your ACL in August. There's basically no way that you're going to be doing contact playing contact football in April. So not a huge surprise, but I mean a little disappointing, right? Would have been fun if he was going to play more. Um. Let's talk about this offense. Uh, he, he was asked about the new offense, and, and here's what he had to say. Uh, I, I'm loving it so far. Um, it's very quarterback-centered. Um, there's a lot of control and a lot of elements that we have to take ownership for and really understand um, in order for us to function and execute well on the field. Um, obviously, I think we're going to be pretty multiple, and that's got a lot of elements from different offenses he's been in and kind of got some stuff that I've been a part of and some new stuff that I haven't. So. Um, just learning it and uh, really mastering it over the next few months up and towards fall camp is going to be huge for us and for all the quarterbacks. You like to hear that it was quarterback intensive. Um, that that was one of the complaints that I had heard about the previous offense was basically you do what the play says, right? So there, there's no, hey, look, maybe we should flip this run this way or maybe if we get this look, we should do that. It's just you run the play. And part of that, of course, is because you had Brendan Lewis at quarterback and he's a true freshman uh, technically a true freshman, a COVID true freshman. Um, but it, uh, it it meant that sometimes you were in some tough positions, and if you trust your quarterbacks, it's good to hear that they can get out of those positions. Here's here's a little bit more about uh, the... Let, let's do this one. This is him talking about having Mike Sanford be the quarterback's coach as well as the offensive coordinator pick his brain on how he thinks and how he operates um, in terms of play calling. And then obviously he's played the position, he's been there um, as a player, and then he's coached it for a long time. So he's very knowledgeable. And um, I think every one of us has a great relationship with him. Like I said, he's just super personable. And uh, you know, I've loved the time that we've gotten to spend with him so far. And uh, here's here's one more clip on the coaches from JT. This is, this is just like in general with, with all of the new coaches that are on the staff. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of a new new energy and a new excitement that everyone has in the building. Um, 
I feel like we're all getting coached at a very high level and um, there's a lot of accountability being pointed and put on each and every position group. Um, so I've heard nothing but good things from the guys and a lot of excitement and you know it's kind of showing out there with the energy that I thought we had today. I thought it was good practice with, with everyone out there for our first day kind of getting to try to do it. And uh, here is uh, here's what's up with the receivers. Uh, I thought they looked great. Um, you know, I think RJ Sneed uh, had a really good day. Um, you know, we got a couple guys banged up, but I mean, um, for all the guys that were out there, I think some of the new guys coming in in the summer will help as well. Um, but RJ looked great. Montana looked good. Daniel has a cast on his hand right now, but I mean. Um, he went out there, was catching balls, was having a good day. So I'm, I'm excited about our receiving core and the group we're going to have out there. We'll talk more about uh, R.J. Sneed later on uh, because Brendan brought him up as well. And uh, everybody has good things to say, which isn't a surprise, right? I, mean, like I said we're going to talk about him later, but he's a veteran receiver. He's the one guy out there who has done it before. He's all Pac-12, not all Pac-12, all Big 12 performer. Probably, honestly, more impressive. But we don't need to go down that road right now. Uh, here is... Ooh, the number change. So, JT Shroud was number seven before, is now number five. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was never a big fan of seven. I mean, that's kind of what I was given last year. But uh, I wore five in high school a little bit. My sister wears number five as well. So, that was kind of the idea when, uh, when Vontae left last year. So, yeah. Okay, so... We gotta we gotta talk about that. I've got some beef. So when uh, when when JT first got to Boulder, I can't remember who asked him. Some some one of us asked him. So I mean, what's up with the number seven? How'd you choose the number seven? JT said that you know coming to Colorado, he talked to his dad. They thought wanted to wear seven for Elway. So I'm not. I don't know. I think again, I'm biased. I'm a little disappointed. I wanted to see him keep wearing the Elway jersey, but whatever. Five's a good number. Honestly, he he looked good in it too. So we'll we'll throw that out there and just pretend none of this ever happened. Uh, actually, it's two more clips, both just talking about Tommy Brown though. Uh, here's the first. Tommy's great. Um, you know, I've been been super happy that we got him in here, and uh, he's one of my buddies on the team. So, um. Cannot be more pleased with having him out there. Obviously, I wasn't out there for um, any of the team stuff, so I didn't experience any of the li live pressures that Brendan and Maddox and all those guys might have had today. But I mean, um, I'm really happy that we have him, and then all the other guys in the line have been working really hard. So I'm just super pumped for that unit this year. So uh, good stuff, of course, but it does make you wonder how much pressure was there, um, especially when you remember like the, the the list of names that Carl brought up. No, no offensive lineman in that group. And what I can say is I did hear from somebody else that potentially the offensive line may have given up a couple of pressures today, which isn't what you want to hear, but the defensive line is always ahead of the offensive line early in camp. Uh, you just hope that you just hope that, that changes because, I mean, if you expected Kyle Devan to come in and fix everything before the first practice, when would he have done it, right? So um, we'll... we'll Keep a close eye on that. Well, close ear, I guess, because we don't get to actually watch. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we have more glowing things to say. But here's here's how we wrapped up with JT. Um, so Tommy Brown, you may not have seen. I wish I could remember what it was called. I like to hype up the NIL deals, but he he has a deal with an underwear company, and he he had an underwear photo shoot. And remember, this is your left tackle. So here's what JT had to say. 
<laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've seen in my life. So uh, he told me, he's like, I got, a, I got an underwear model deal, dude. And I was like, no, you didn't. What are you talking about? And then he sent me that video before he posted, and I was laughing my butt off. <laughs> yeah, that was good. All right, that wraps up what JT had to say. We are in the home stretch. We're just talking Belu the rest of the way. And, uh, you know, you, you guys heard what Carl had to say. That wasn't, yeah, he was out there. He was solid. He, he looks like he's taking a step. Totally different quarterback. Those are some big words. And, you know, I, I asked him, do you feel like a different quarterback? Oh, yeah, I totally feel like a different quarterback. You know, the way the way Coach Stanford and the whole staff implemented the offense before spring ball, I feel like we all went out there and knew what to do and did everything. It wasn't perfect, but we did the things that we were supposed to do. And I actually I knew where to go with the ball and stuff and uh, certain coverages and stuff. So I definitely felt like a way different player than last year's first spring ball. He knew where to go with the ball. That's uh that's interesting. And let's let's hear a little bit more about that. I should say, in the context of he was asked like, what have you been working on? Yeah, like I said earlier, being able to know where I'm going with the ball. Uh, I don't want to be sitting back there patting the ball and stuff like that and uh, taking off early. So I feel like the coaching staff and Coach Sanford has done an amazing job like telling me where to go with the ball based off certain coverages and things like that, based off certain fronts, making checks. Uh, I feel like it's way better. Again, I don't think this is like a shot at Darren Cheverini or Danny Langsdorf or anything like that, but it is definitely notable to hear their starting quarterback. Um, I mean, he's in a competition now, but last year's starting quarterback say, yeah, it's way better. I know where to go with the football. That is, I mean, as an outsider, that seems incredibly valuable, right? It's like, hey, if you see this coverage, this guy's probably open. That, I don't know, we don't need to go down the 2021 path, but we can just say that it was good to hear him say something like that. Uh, here's more on the new offense. Um, there's some similarities. You know, everybody sort of runs the same stuff, just different terminology. But uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a change, like JT said. Uh, there's a more, there's a more uh, emphasis on the quarterback, being able to check plays off certain looks and stuff like that. Uh, but it hasn't been too hard. Uh, it's been really fun. Uh, how uh, Coach Sanford and the staff, like I said, have implemented it's been really fun. like hearing that it's fun. Definitely like hearing that it's fun. Um, let's, uh, this, this next one, this is just like, is it hard to switch offenses? Um, I wouldn't say it is just because how much preparation we did, uh, before spring ball and how well the staff implemented the offense and how they broke it down to each of us and, uh, each play where to go with the ball based off certain looks and stuff like that. So, uh, I feel like it hasn't been too difficult for me. So, uh, a trend here, right? I think... Again, like if there was one thing that you wanted to hear today, actually, I mean, two things. The first is Carl saying that Brendan looks like a totally different player. Uh, and the second is probably, yeah, this offense is way better and way more understandable and way more useful. And that's basically what we heard from Brendan. And I think JT mentioned it. And I think Carl has also kind of hinted at that as well. So that's exciting stuff. Let's keep it going with the the Mike Sanford talk uh, here's, here's what he had to say. And again, this is kind of talking about like your, your quarterbacks coach is now the offensive coordinator. Yeah. It's awesome that he's a quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator. So we can really pick his brain on what he wants to do. And uh, we can do things exactly how he wants the office to do it because he's the OC. Uh, so it's been really fun, uh, being able to have him as a quarterback coach and uh, being able to get closer to him. He's a real cool dude. Again, it's, it's what you want to hear. Um, and both, both Brendan and JT are like, they've learned how to talk like a quarterback. 
Um, I mean, again, like it's not like Brendan's holding a whole lot back. Like he's made it pretty clear that he really likes this new system. Again, that's just so exciting. It's so exciting. If he had come in and just said like, yeah, you know, it's it's solid. We're still working through some things, but but I think that there's some cool concept. Like this is not what that is. You know, that's uh, this is a this is it's it's exciting. It's really exciting, and and I'm excited that I'm excited more than anything because in a I mean, we all know what happened with CU last year. It's it's just just feed me some hope, right? Just feed me some hope. Uh, we're gonna change gears here a little bit. Uh, here's here's what he had to say about um about last year. Yeah, uh, as I reviewed the season, I kind of took everything I I learned after the season and just tried to try to work on it on my own, except with my buddies, uh, so I can improve for spring ball and next and fall camp and stuff like that. So uh, I look at, I look at, I always, I still watch those games to this day, you know what I'm saying? Just uh, just to look at what I did wrong, what I could do better, implement it back on the field the way Coach Sanford wants us to do it. Here's a, here's a good one. Was was it hard to kind of block out the, the, the people who uh, maybe said some terrible things about him on the internet? Yeah, there's always outside noise. Uh, we call them Twitter quarterbacks, but you know what I'm saying? I'm the one playing. I know what to do. No, they they don't. So I don't really let it get too much. Let it get to me too much. But I use that as motivation to come out here and do what I do, so I can kind of shut their mouths a little bit. Uh, so this feels like as good a time as any to say that. Uh, just this afternoon, I published 3,000 words with 22 clips of Brendan Lewis from last year, and really just dug into what went well and what didn't. Does that make me a Twitter quarterback? Uh. Potentially, at least I'm not one of the the mean ones, right? Like, there's plenty of good stuff. There's plenty of bad stuff. Uh, seems like the right time, though, for me to say. Actually, here's a little secret. Here's a little secret. So I didn't, I didn't like say this. I didn't like tweet out like, "Hey, you can come click on this and read it, even if you aren't a member." Uh, but I did, I did make it open to everybody, um, just in case you know you're you're curious, you want to click. Most people know that they can't read anything, so they don't even try. And and so like, if you know that stuff, like. This is for people who maybe like clicked and are curious and like, oh, this is good. And then realize later, like, oh, no, you can't always read anything. But it's also for you guys who listen to the podcast, but maybe aren't DMVR members. There's a that's up. I think there was like twenty five hundred words up on the cornerbacks and the coverages that they ran last year. Um, That's there, too. That is behind a paywall. But if you made it to this point in the podcast, you seem like somebody who'd be interested in running through a bunch of the things that happened. So like I said, there's like 22 clips in there. 15 of them are uh, third and fourth downs because obviously those are the most important. It's good stuff. There's bad stuff. There's some really great stuff. There's some really dumb stuff. Uh, but if you haven't checked that out yet, thedmvr.com, just click on buffs and it should be, well, I guess I have to write a couple things tonight still probably, but it'll be near the top and it'll be very obvious which one it is. Uh, so there's my plug. And maybe I'm a Twitter quarterback like Brendan says he doesn't like. Um, let's see. Where where do we go next here? Let's uh ooh, let's hit this. So he he didn't turn the ball over all that much last year. And and Brian Howe from the Daily Camera actually asked him, like, is that you know, what what is that? Is you that you being too conservative or, or what? Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, I don't like to force balls downfield or into to tough coverages, but I feel like I need, I do need to take more chances. You know what I'm saying? Be more, um, yeah, just take more chances with the ball and be able to make my let my playmakers make plays. Again, that's just the kind of stuff you want to hear, right? Because um, we all saw, 
Again, and, and if you didn't see, <laughs> I, I know somewhere where you could learn all about it, thednvr.com, whole bunch, whole bunch of stuff written about it. But yeah, he held on to the ball too long. I'll finish plugging that now, but go back and read that. Um, it, it's good, though, to hear that he's seeing the same things. And again, giving your, your playmakers a chance to make plays. Yeah, I mean, again, that's what I wrote about. You know, there's a third down against Oregon where he chucks the ball deep down the sideline to Brendan Rice and he throws it out of bounds. It's like, well, if you're throwing the ball 40, 50 yards downfield anyway, give Brendan a chance to make that play. Like if it gets intercepted, so what? It's third and long anyway. It's not like it's not like you're it's a real turnover. It's basically just a punt anyway. So why throw that ball out of bounds? Let him go make a play, especially because two quarters later, he he leaves that ball in bounds and guess what? Brendan goes up and makes a great catch and all of a sudden they've got the ball inside the 10. So there's definitely some of that um and I agree. And, and it, it was honestly, you know, you spend th- that much time writing about the guy and watching every game he played and all that sort of stuff to hear him say like, yeah, these are the flaws. It's like, yeah, okay, good to know. We're, we're on the same page here. Um, maybe that, does that make me not a Twitter quarterback? I'm not really sure. But uh, we can move along here. Ooh, uh, here's, here's the, here's what he had to say about the turnover on the roster. So obviously... You lose Christian Gonzalez, you lose Brendan Rice, you lose... You guys know the story. Here's what he had to say. Uh, I mean, the guys... I mean, we all, we just told the guys, who, uh, whoever wants to be here, we, they're going to be here, and uh, we're going to work with them. Uh, nothing to the guys that left. It was just a business decision, but um, the guys here, we, we, we know we want to be great, and we know what we got to do, so that's what we want to do, and that's the main goal. We just keep our head down and work for it. Not much to say. I thought about following it up with like, so you excited to play them? <laughs> you know, you've got three games, right? Three, because you got USC with Rice and Blackman, you've got Gonzalez at Oregon, you've got Mark Perry at TCU. I think those are the only three. Not that three is a small number, but you got four, I guess, of your former teammates that you get to play against this year. And I was like, yeah, let's not get contentious on day one. We'll save that question for, you know, game week before TCU. But, uh. Two more, two more. We're almost, we're almost done here. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, this last one on the receivers. Uh, and again, I said we talk about R.J. Sneed. Here's the start of uh, that that conversation. I asked him uh, uh, just about the chemistry, beginning to work with these most of these receivers again for another season. Uh, I think it's, I think it's very valuable, uh, like just connection and timing wise, and smart, smart receivers like R.J. is really smart. So. Uh, based on certain codes, you know where he's going to be with the ball and stuff and know where he's going to be, uh, where I need him to be, where I want him. So uh, I think it's really good for them and, uh, and me. Have any of those young- it's good stuff. Again, RJ Sneed, smart receiver. Not that that's any surprise. I mean, he's got to be fifth-year senior, sixth-year senior, something like that. Former all-Big 12 performer. Um, of course, he's supposed to be the smart guy in the room. And honestly, that's what the Buffs have needed. Just somebody who can give guidance Say, like, here's what you do here. Here's what you do there. Again, what Brennan was saying. Against this coverage, he's going to do that. Isn't that valuable instead of, again, not that these are bad receivers outside of him. You know, Chase Penry, Montana Monius Craig, all these guys are really exciting. But, you know, you coming from high school, it's like, run a post? Yeah, run a post. Take 12 steps this way, cut toward the post. You know, that, that, that sort of stuff. With R.J. Sneed, who's been around a little bit more, has learned a little bit more, 
that's got to be really nice for a quarterback to to have that upgrade, especially because you know that that knowledge is being passed around that receiver's room. Because that's the other thing, is that that is a really, really smart group of receivers. Um, probably, yeah, I mean, easily the smartest group since I've started covering the team. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do. And it just... And Brendan Lewis obviously is a really smart guy. Like you got, you've listened to him talk. You know he's a smart guy. Um, but it's still just nice to hear him say like, yeah, he's a smart receiver. It's good to have because again, if, if if he was a dumb quarterback, which there are very few of, and he absolutely is not one, then maybe you're just like, yeah, he's he's fast, he's strong, he's big. But the fact that Brendan does pick up on the fact, it's like, yeah, RJ knows what he's doing. It does show kind of that Brendan knows what he's doing, right? Uh, if you if you could tell right from wrong, so. Again, that's not the most impressive thing in the world to say this guy's a smart football player, but it, it definitely doesn't hurt. It definitely doesn't hurt. Um, last one from Brendan. Last one. Uh, so he has an NIL deal with The Sink, you know, the, the, the restaurant up on the hill in Boulder. Just asked what the go-to meal is. Oh, my gosh. They got oh, – I love everything. Actually, the strawberry lemonade is the best I've ever had. Like, that strawberry lemonade is so good. But I get the sink burger. You get to make it yourself. And I always get the buff mac, the buffalo chicken mac and cheese. Always get it. It's, all, it's a must, must get. I'm convinced. Brian Howell told me afterward he's convinced, too. Justin was also convinced. So, might need to take, like, a group outing over to the sink because that does sound good. Um, I think that does it for today. I mean – not like that's a, we did go through 24 clips so we're gonna call that good um i'll be back tomorrow like i said we're gonna talk about jabari i might find another football topic as well like i said like it's almost 11 now and so i've got to go and write at least one thing probably two things i drank so much coffee i might as well just write two things um and then we will be what was i saying Sorry, it is so freaking late. Uh, oh, yeah. If there's anything else that I'm going back through and writing, there might there might be something we missed here. And if there is, then we'll go back and talk about it tomorrow. Off the top of my head, I mean, again, 24 clips. We had to have been pretty close to getting to all of them. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back talking more buffs tomorrow. And we'll be back again Friday night after, uh, after the buffs' second practice of the spring. And we'll see what they have to say that. A hiccup. I made it this far. I ate a bag of popcorn while I was cutting this audio up. Uh, that's going to do it for today. See you guys later.